0: Welcome to the AFA podcast, the official podcast of animationforadults.com. This is episode 49, and I am Chris, and I am joined this week by just one of my usual co-hosts and cohorts and co-presenters, and that is Rachel. Hello, Rachel.
1: Hey, Chris.
0: How's it going?
1: It's going pretty good. I've been very busy, but the, I'm building up to some excitement by the end of this uh, upcoming week, so I'm uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling ready to talk about some animation.
0: Woohoo! Indeed. (laughs) Uh, We are going to be talking this week about the film Phantom Boy, the uh, French animation that is currently showing in cinemas around the US and Canada via the good folks at G-Kids, who very generously let us watch the film as well to be able to talk about it on the show later. And that is from the creators of the Oscar-nominated animation Cat in Paris. So, we'll talk about that later,
1: mm-hmm yeah, I actually I'm not sure if i saw, I saw a bit of the Cat in Paris, but I actually didn't get to see the entire thing. I'm trying to remember where I saw it from, but it was very interesting animation style, and that's kind of a similar look to what um uh Phantom Boy has, so it was interesting to see that animation again, but we'll get we'll get more into that later
0: yes, indeed uh before that, we are going to do our usual talk about the animation news and what we've been watching and then get into our main topic um but we've got a bit of site news to start off with mm-hmm. and that is that we are running our very first contest uh for and it's a Studio Ghibli related contest to um celebrate the fact that this week saw the 30th anniversary of the release of Castle in the Sky in Japan which was the very first true Ghibli film because um as you may know that uh, Nausicaa was actually not released by Ghibli even though it was released uh, directed by Miyazaki yeah the, the it...
1: studio hadn't really been like given a name and just publicly you know announced itself yet so there was they were by when they came out with Nausicaa, they were still basically trying to find their feet but by the time Castle in the Sky hit cinemas they knew who they were they knew what their mission was and they were putting out awesome films so it's been thirty years was... since that
0: well it was released by different different company i think and then they went off and started ghibli mm-hmm. but it was based on the success of norsica yeah. um anyway <laughs> the point is we're running a competition and the uh, to win the competition you have to tell us what your favorite moment is in a studio ghibli film and why um, and it will actually the winning entry will feature in a article that we are working on uh, coming up soon, but also, here's the Corbett. you could also win a prize pack of DVDs of Studio Ghibli films, including The Tale of Princess Kaguya, uh, When Marnie Was There, only yesterday, which has only just come out, and uh, from up on Puppy Hill, and they are being provided very kindly by the folks at Kids. So, uh, if you're interested, you'll find all the details in the post, and read the instructions and enter by the 25th of August. So, yep.
1: Just let us know what your favourite scene, moment from any Ghibli film that you may have watched, you know, certain character moments, bits of animation, you know, whatever you really enjoyed about it the most, and then just submit that email to us and you will be considered for the contest. Good luck, everybody.
0: Good luck. Woo. And thanks to T kids Yes, um, thank you very much. <laughs> so, and other bit of sight news is that if you're listening to this before next weekend, uh, Oticon is coming up, and Rachel is going. Yes, I am.
1: Yes, I am. It's been a while since I've been to uh, Baltimore Convention Center, but I figured now that we're this, you know, the website's taken off a little bit more, there's time to go back and see what's going on this year before they uh, Oticon moves from their current location in Baltimore to Washington D.C as of the following year. So, I want to I'm going to be going there on Thursday and I'm going to be there and for all 3 days. So, expect as much coverage as we can get from, you know, the various different events and uh guest appearances that they're going to be happening at Otakon. So, uh if anyone's going to be there, you know, I'd love to see you. So, if you're walking around the convention center and you see uh Greg Universe and Pearl from Steven Universe. Uh, that's most likely me and my dear brother. So feel free to say ho- feel free to say hello.
0: And then there's just two other people walking around in the same cosplay. And, and then they get it wrong. <laughs> there's someone coming up saying, "Hey, hey, Rachel! <laughs> what? <How>
1: are you? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Maybe I should have another defining feature, like they could tell me apart from the rest of the uh, Steven, you know, Steven Universe cosplayers." Please let me know. Any suggestions would be appreciated.
0: But we look Maybe forward just like to AFA hearing. an AFA
1: badge. Let me see if I can make like an AFA badge or something, sticking on my pearl costume.
0: But but we are we are looking forward to hearing Rachel's adventures at Ootkorn coming up very soon. It will be
1: very exciting. Lots lots going down this year.
0: Yeah, the first of many conventions for us. Hopefully, maybe, probably.
1: <laughs> I I think there's there's a in all likelihood there's a good chance we'll be getting into more after this.
0: Woohoo! Um, <laughs> and now, wider animation news. Um, one big story that recently broke is the fact that there is going to be a new animated show on HBO coming from none other than John Stewart. Oh, probably of The Daily Show, um, which is interesting because he's obviously not particularly associated with animation. But the show that he's working on does sound like basically the kind of thing he normally does because it, he's working in satire. Very good. But you might say, well, satire isn't necessarily the best um, thing to do in animation because animation takes a very long time to do well apparently they are using a um technique that will um basically make it easier to um make it quickly mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: um, like digital more digital drawn animation i guess because i i oh, isn't there like that like that comes out a lot quicker than traditional like hand-drawn or like full cg or cg animation
0: right well, they, yeah, that's the kind of way they've done things like that before, and I know that South Park is done, like, in the week before it airs. Yeah, so. yeah, those
1: are, like, really, those are made super-duper fast. So.
0: so that's done digitally, and they used to be, like, around, like, early 2000s, There used to be a British, like, satirical animation show called 2DTV that was, like, uh, making fun of the news and stuff and that was done like digitally and done really quickly and everything but this apparently is going to be done using a form of cd ah. um and it sounds like it's kind of from what i can gather it sounds pretty much like a sort almost sort of you know digital puppetry sort of um there is a a um company that hbo bought a stake in recently um called Otoy mm-hmm. and they they apparently make sort of they do stuff for VR and stuff like that but they also do um and video games but they also do things for film and TV and this they say that this platform will uh, mean that John Stewart can comment on events in real time so mm. that's what makes it sound like puppetry to me so yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, definitely. If there's a really like, real time like acting. That, that'll that add a new level to the satire. That's 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 really fascinating.
0: And it is going to be satirizing cable news, so,
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: which is basically that is a way that you can do that kind of animation quite effectively because mm-hmm. most of it is just you know a man or a lady standing there. <laughs> at a desk talking so yeah (laughs) as long as they do do their lip sync or whatever um but i'm sure there'll be more to it than that and i wonder if there'll be sort of like behind the scenes bit i suppose what they could do is they could do you know have like an episode with behind the scenes bits do that in advance and then Mm -hmm. like just before broadcast or ever do stuff that's reacting to what's happened in in the week or whatever yeah um but I don't know if it's going to be, if, how, it hasn't actually said, like, John Stewart is starring in it for sure, but I, I assume he probably would.
1: <laughs> well, you know, for it, one, people will recognize his voice because, you know, hmm. he, considering how long he's been working with The Daily Show, you know, and how many people watch The Daily Show with him in it, so it's like, it would be a no-brainer, but, you know, even if he decides not to, and just be more of, like, you know, a uh, driving force behind the series, you know, I... I know at least one thing; it's going to be hella funny,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's really all that matters to me.
0: And they're going to be they're going to be distributing short form content. So basically, it's going to be like clips on YouTube and stuff, <laughs> very nice <laughs> as well. Whether that's going to be part of the show itself or whether they're going to do extra stuff beyond the show, I don't know. And supposedly, this is going to be airing before the end of the year. Really could be as That's early as it. September. Well, well when, you, when you think about it, Jon Stewart does not want to miss the chance to comment on a certain event happening yeah. in the US later in the year.
1: Yeah, that thing. There's enough people discussing politics and problems in the world and we don't want to add to it. So let's, let us move on to happier things and funnier yes. things.
0: Like furry figs, like yes, pets.
1: <laughs> Segway. We, <Whee! laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and that is the unsurprising news that Secret Life of Pets from Illumination Entertainment is getting a sequel, which Fucker. you know is not much of a shocker, no. considering <laughs> the fact that it went it had the biggest opening. Not only for an original animated film, but for an original film. So Just in general. Just in general. <laughs> so, of course, they were going to make a sequel. Uh, the surprising thing is how soon the sequel is coming, and that is 2018, summer 2018.
1: Wow, that's fast.
0: So that is... Probably suggests that they have at least thought about it <laughs> before it came out. Mm-hmm. Um...
1: They had an idea of what they would want to do, and so once the movie made enough money, it's like, okay, green light this. Let's get going.
0: But it does sort of um, put in contrast like the way Illumination do stuff to like Disney and Pixar, because mm-hmm. everyone's... All... People like to say they complain about Disney sequels. They go, oh, Disney, always doing sequels, always doing sequels, but they really don't like as in Walt Disney Animation Studios they haven't done that a lot uh obviously
1: I mean a lot of this I mean people will tell it when they talk about Disney sequels they almost always refer to that one period in Disney history where there was just nothing but like direct to video like sequels of already existing uh stories from their like most hit films and obviously, you know, some were okay, some were not okay, but most of them were just kind of, like, mediocre compared to the actual films that they were supposed to be spun off of.
0: See, I don't really count them, because they weren't done by theatrical animation studio, and they didn't have any of the same people on them, generally. Mm-hmm. They couldn't even get the, the cast back, generally. So, they, I don't really count them. They're just cash in. The only,
1: the only one that was kinda close to at least theater quality, I think. The, that's you know, correct me. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um, was uh, the the sequel to Lilo and Stitch, the official one that wasn't tied to the television show? That mm-hmm. I swear almost looked like like video, like the original movie style, like animation quality. So I mean that one looked at least, like looked like it at least had some money put into it and was even though they had Dakota fanning cast as Lilo, but you know <laughs> like you said, there are a lot of cast changes, you know, for a lot of the different characters in those sequels, but at least but aside from that one, it looked like almost every other thing from the original Lilo and Stitch had been brought back into it. From from the animation, you know, the styling animation to the character voices, save one and then just and the backgrounds look just as awesome as they did in the original movie. So, I don't know. Maybe that one was an exception to the rule. Maybe if there's more information I don't know about it. I don't know.
0: I mean, the thing is that this year, they finally officially announced that there's going to be a sequel to Wreck-It Ralph. This year. I mean, how long ago did that come out?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a couple of years. A couple of years. Good,
0: good, good couple of years. So, they don't... You know, the normal way hollywood works is if there is a successful film and it's made a lot of money like the first weekend they'll probably order a sequel then (laughs) (laughs) you know strike strike while the iron's hot but with disney they generally say what you will but they generally do seem to actually wait till they've got a story that they're happy with at least with
1: official theatrical films i mean like you said with the like the most of the movies that people complain about with Disney sequels were those direct to DVDs. So, and we just said they don't count because they are, they never made it to theaters, and there might be a reason for that.
0: I mean, whether the the films actually turned out to be as good as the original, I'm not sure. But I think that they generally at least believe that they've got a, a decent story there that worth telling. So, mm-hmm. so I don't think it's the same, but. Also, Illumination make films so much cheaper than Disney and, and, and DreamWorks as well mm-hmm. and Pixar. So, you know, they're probably going to profit on the, after, the afternoon it comes out. <laughs>
1: so. <laughs> yeah. So basically, so, like you said, they get, you know, they get clearance. You know, they know they made good money with the first one. It's like, oh, OK, we can green light a sequel. We've got plenty of money to work with. Let's do it kind of thing.
0: But basically, everyone seems to have enjoyed this. So hey, <laughs> Dan liked it, and I haven't seen it, but I've you been know. meaning
1: to see it. I think I might wait until it comes out on DVD. But I do, I do plan on seeing it when it's made available either online or you know through Instant Watch on, like, say, Netflix or Amazon, or however yeah, however they decide to release the movie. I will, I will be sure to watch it and get my own opinion of it. Though I do trust Dan's opinion. <laughs>
0: Um, so, that will be coming out in 2018, July 2018. When I wrote up the story, it had made 400 million internationally. 300, 300 of which was in the US. Uh, That is
1: a lot of moolah.
0: And it it opened, like, outside the US before other places. Mm -hmm. But then it seems to have made most of its money in America. And, um, it hadn't even opened in China at that point, so... It's only going to make lots more money.
1: Oh, yes. I can only imagine.
0: What a crazy year for animation making money at the box office. It
1: really is. I mean, gosh, like, just so many balls being knocked out of the park. There's probably a nice little pile just, like, over yonder (laughs) of all these just really big hits.
0: And considering, like, everything else has been pretty much underperforming this year as well like all the all the sequels that they thought oh well everyone's going to go and see independence day too no like, no no they didn't everyone's going to go see teenage mutant ninja turtles too no no, no they didn't the like, swords are know.
1: so much better than that movie
0: oh those are good <laughs> those are so good
1: i want to talk to you about those maybe we can leave in the we've you know what we've watched section because I know I mentioned yeah. that last podcast, but now that we've someone else has seen that, I want to talk about those.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so, Secret Life Pets 2 will be released on July 13th, 2018, my mum's birthday. Uh,
1: oh, wow! <laughs> timing! Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and it's going to be directed by Chris Reno again, who directed the first one. And, Makes sense. And... Next up from uh, Illumination will be Sing, which is coming out later in the year. And then after that, Despicable Me 3. So they're going to keep making money, I think. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm.
1: The train shows no sign of slowing down.
0: I guess they've proven that there's more to them than minions.
1: Well, minions and pets so far. They're they're working Mm. their way up.
0: Singing Animals next, so we'll see how that goes. Yep. I actually I saw the like trailer of that um, when I went to see a film that I will talk about later. Ah. As there was a trailer for that, and it was. I kind of feel like I might have seen the whole film with that trailer. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs>
1: well, we'll we'll save that discussion for later. Is there any other news topics to get to?
0: No, not really.
1: Oh, okay. Then let's just move on. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Because <laughs> re- they pretty quiet week, really. Um. <laughs> Which gives us more time to talk about what we've been watching. So, um, yeah, I said that I went to see a film this week, and that was that I finally, finally, (laughs) a long last, got to see Finding Dory. Yes, yes. Woo! Um, But before that, I will say I have a new. I think I have a new favorite short film. Piper is amazing,
1: so now do you understand what we were all talking about in um you know Yvonne Dan and I were talking about with the whole trying to act you know watching that short film It's just like I am watching animation, right? this is animated oh. right
0: <laughs> yeah, this lots of people just have real said
1: that. birds running around
0: it it would be nice though um one day i to see a um like a Pixar or a Disney thing and people not be surprised when there's a short in front of it. I mean, after fifteen years of Pixar films, people should be used to that. But it always seems to, I don't know if you've experienced it, but it always seems to be ooh <laughs> it's like, Oh this isn't the film.
1: Oh my <laughs> god what? I I, I like you pe- people actually get really exasperated with those. I just whenever I realise a short film is coming I'm like oh, like really excited.
0: <laughs> I always think well, it, I think it might be mainly kids or whatever, they're like, Oh, this isn't yeah. But you then, yeah, you then base, you do get the thing where they then generally end up, and particularly with this one, end up falling in love with the film. Oh, so yeah. then, 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 you know, it doesn't last long. So they're like, oh, I'm so caught up in this. The,
1: the disappointment doesn't last
0: long. Yeah. Which I is mean, good. I, I think my, my niece, who I went to see it with mm-hmm. um, about four times, went, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. It is so cute. Yeah, that's definitely one
1: of the best. One, that's definitely one of the best Pixar shorts I've ever seen. I, like next to, i say, to my in terms of favorite shorts, it's next to um, Sanjay's Super Team for me.
0: About the film itself. <laughs> so, I have to say, in in the um, realms of Pixar sequels, I would say probably just a notch below the the um toy story sequels i'd say i would say it was very good it was Very good indeed. yeah
1: though all well, the in terms of you know like you said sequels the toy story trilogy stands pretty high up on that bar but yeah in terms mm. of, definitely definitely this this movie is leagues leagues better than uh, cars yeah, 2 yeah. yeah no i did mm. that intentionally um yeah <laughs> but um nice. no yeah, it's, it's it's uh So good, I'm so glad you got to finally see it. Any uh, particular moments, like, you know, putting up the spoiler flag there, so we might, you know, since we already had some spoiler discussion, but you didn't get to participate last time. uh, Any spoiler topics that you would wish to discuss now that you have finally seen the movie?
0: Well, I... I was kind of, you know, surprised at how you know emotional gets so quickly (laughs) yeah it's like like as soon as as soon as it starts it's you know it hits you with the with the backstory of dory and you're like oh and the one thing i will say is that it does have the slight thing of it it might change the way you watch the first film now because yeah it's it's taken you know like a character you go it's funny funny character quirk that she's got and like no it's actually tragic
1: I always, I always had the kind of idea that there was like an unknown tragedy to that whole memory loss thing. So, I, like even watching the first movie, I kind of got an inkling of that. But then this movie was actually seeing that realized. So I don't know. It's different depending on how you perceive that in the first movie.
0: I kind of always thought that maybe that was a um, something you you know to her species. I thought maybe all her because I thought maybe. Maybe, you know, all Pixar, the, all you.
1: Tangs were just amnesiacs.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, like, Pixar discovered that they have low, they have bad short term memories, so, um, they gave her short term memory loss, so. Yeah. Yeah, but... it. It, yeah.
1: it would, either way, it would have been fine.
0: So, um, that is one thing I would say. Uh,. Also, I'm I'm kind of surprised at how how much of its own film it is, really. As well, I was that was a good thing that um, there wasn't a ton of callbacks. Um, like, there's so many new characters and stuff um, yeah. who yeah. play such a big big part, and you know, even like Marlin and Dor- and Nemo aren't in it that much.
1: Not as much as you would think they would have been but like you said it's mostly Dory's you know story as she tries to go on this journey of hers, you know, Marlin and Nemo come along for the ride, but then you know they get separated and then they gotta find her, but it's instead of focusing on them trying to find her it's her it's her own personal journey of discovery, and then they just kind of meet up they just meet up again later to kind of bring the whole thing back to square one
0: mm-hmm. and I love the location. As the um, as the aquarium and everything. I thought that was inspired. And The
1: voice of Sigourney Weaver.
0: <laughs> oh, that was my favourite running joke.
1: <laughs> that like, Hello,
0: Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> that one, just every time it came up, I loved that one. Um, yeah. Yeah, and the new characters. Uh, obviously Hank. Um, but Becky. I trust Becky. <laughs> Great. Uh <laughs> Destiny. And, um, Destiny, yeah, the Destiny, and uh, mm hmm, she's great, and yeah, well, basically all the new characters, um, and obviously the seals, see, because <laughs> you got to yeah. have your yeah, I just Elba and um, Dominic West, why a reunion? So that was <laughs> great,
1: yeah,
0: unexpected, um, and it was another touch I I love is that the way they've made um, Dory's... the design of Dory's dad kind of makes it look like he's got a receding hairline, which I thought was impressive for a fish. Oh
1: my god, I actually didn't pick up on that. Now, I, now I'll be able to look for it next time I watch the movie. Oh my goodness.
0: That's what I, I thought it was, anyway.
1: <laughs> no, that'd be, that'd be really cool if they put that in there. With his character design. Oh my goodness. Mm. New layers mm. to the movie.
0: Yeah, so many layers. Uh, I also, when I was, there is an awful lot of time where they're not in water. They do, they do push that. Like, oh, there's lots of, but I suppose you know they've built hankin as a useful way of doing that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know because octop- oc- octopi can like move on land. I don't know how for how long exactly, but. Mm-hmm they uh i like, i remember they actually showed in the construction of like the, well, there was one video where they were constructing uh Hank and showing how you know how long it took to get him right that they actually did show a video of an octopus trying to move across land you know the stuff that kind of the kind of stuff that they would have to consider what they wanted to do with him in this movie and not going to lie watching an octopus try to crawl across sand is one of the creepiest looking things i have ever seen <laughs>
0: They're actually, like, they're, they're like one of the most intelligent creatures, actually, part. They are. Aren't they?
1: They actually, you know, that's that's one of that intelligence tests where they can actually figure out how to open a jar to get the little prize inside. Like, most animals can't even comprehend that.
0: Yeah, I, octopi- I've seen, like, I've seen, like, nature documentaries where they put them in a maze or something, and they and they were really amazing. Uh- <laughs>
1: that's new. That sounds even cooler.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I need to catch up, like, watching all the... the that, that that making of video and everything because I I've sort of avoided a lot of stuff. Yeah. Now that I'd seen now, the, film. now
1: that you've seen the movie, you can watch that stuff without having to spoil yourself a little.
0: So Finding Dory, I thought it was awesome. Uh,
1: did what did you think of the? Um, if I may ask before we move on, uh, what did you think of like the very ending scene before they went to the cre- before they went to the credits, like with um once they're all back at the the coral reef and everything's all hunky dory? Ah! Oh, I did it again. <laughs> That was ah! that
0: was <laughs> wow uh, yeah I did I, whoa that I'm was on so a good roll. you uh oh, I didn't even spot that one.
1: <laughs> I just I said it and then it took me five seconds like oh my god what did I say this is what I, nice I don't I don't think when I speak people <laughs> I try to but it doesn't always happen and so when I don't things like that, that tend to occur so I
0: apologise. <laughs> that was genius. Genius.
1: <laughs> no. Yes, I meant, like, the la- the very last scene of the movie. What did you um, think?
0: Um, I'm think, trying to think what it was. <laughs> it's just um, back at the core and and Hank was... Just, oh, spoilers. Uh, well, we, know, we, already we, put, said, we already put the spoiler tag up there. Oh, so yeah, we, we already said that. Uh, Hank was there, yeah, and they were just... Back at the core where they came from and everything, and so. I don't know.
1: I just I'm, let me elaborate a little bit more. Then uh, I thought it was really nice touch to wrap up the story, or you know, for this particular film, where you see you know everyone's doing fine. Dory's like, oh, I'm just gonna swim to the drop off and look at the view, and then of course at the word drop off, harking um, back to the first film, Marlin's ah. kind of like, uh oh.
0: Oh, right, yeah.
1: And then, you know, she swims off, and then he kind of follows her. And then they just mm-hmm. kind of have a moment together, just like, you know, standing on the ledge of the reef, and just kind of like, this is a really nice view. And he's like, yeah, it is. And it, it literally makes us come full circle back to the first film, because that's, if you, you know, remember from the first film, that's literally where we started, you know? Uh-huh, yeah. Him and uh, Marlon and his, uh, you know, mate were just kind of just, you know, going to be living right in that spot, or near that spot. And so, but after things happened, he wasn't prepared. You know, he got terrified of ever going back there. And this is kind of him fully. You know, even though he his story ended with the first film, I thought it was really super sweet how they just kind of pushed that envelope a little bit more. Just like, oh, they they're just they're the best of they're the best of friends. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I lo- I now you say that that was nice. Um and. Yeah, but like I said, there wasn't, you know, hundreds of thousands of um, callbacks and everything. No, they were um, very,
1: they were very minimal on that. I mean, they did, they did make the seed gall joke. They, yeah. They um, let's see, there was the you know, just keep swimming, and and there was an actual like reference to the whole you know journey from the previous film when Dory's you know, like trying to trying to get moving and Marlin's trying to keep her there. But that's really I mean, all there was.
0: Which, you know, I think for a sequel, that's quite a brave thing to do, you know, just, it's just, you know, a completely new story with some of the same characters, really, you know, in the same world. And that's interesting, interesting way of doing it. Um,
1: Well, especially, it's it's easy for a story, you know, that is supposed to be a sequel to use the first film, you know, the first story for the original film as a crutch to mm -hmm. try, you know, to help drive the narrative Forward, but the fact, yeah, you know, like you said, the fact that they didn't do that for this film barely at all is really, really impressive.
0: I would say it's probably one of the sequels that uh, will be like most friendly to people who haven't seen the first film that I yeah. can think of. I think you could just watch that having never seen the original, and I think a lot of people watch it having not seen the sequel in a long time because. Mm-hmm. Uh, i i meant to rewatch it but i didn't i didn't <laughs> i didn't at the end because i was like have i got the dvd <laughs> where is it <laughs> so i'm not sure if i lent it to my sister i was like where is it i don't know uh, okay. <laughs> so i i ended up not watching it uh but beautifully made movie loved it awesome sweet and uh yeah would watch again obviously <laughs>
1: Definitely More. buy on Blu-ray material.
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And I did. I did stick around to, I think, to see David Lally's name on the credits. I went oh, there. there okay, I, I, like, <laughs> I saw your name. <laughs> hey, David. If you're yeah. Listening. By the way, hi. <laughs> yeah. So that was awesome. Uh, I mean, also, I did. I have watched the end of BoJack series project horseman season three and it was really brilliant ending but i will save talking about that because i expect soon sometime dan will have caught up and then we can Mm -hmm. maybe talk about that yeah and okay that's pretty much what i've watched so
1: all right. Well, oh, well, apart from before, the main event. <laughs> before also other than that, there's something that I know we both watched recently. Like I know I I had already mentioned it before, mentioned it in the last podcast, but once I finally got the article up with the shorts, I was wondering if you you said you had watched the uh the San Diego Comic-Con Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated shorts that they released during that. So, what were your what were your thoughts on those, may I ask?
0: Uh, I really really liked them. Um <laughs> I yeah I watched I watched a couple of them today and the other one I watched the other day um just obviously the fact that they're 2D animation made them instantly make me like them. Uh, you, I guess this style is a bit mimicking the style the style of the designs of the new version, yeah? Well at least right?
1: the um the one that was uh written by one of the uh the the executive producers of the the new show, yeah, that was the last one that I put that I put up. So that, yeah, so you could definitely tell the similarities, but depending on uh, who was working on what uh, short film, I mean, obviously the uh, the very first one that premiered was uh, that was written by the uh, by, by I can't pronounce his name to save my life. I'm so sorry, uh, Vasquez, Yonan Vasquez. Vesquez? Came, Vesquez, I like this, is his last name, and um, he was he was involved with Invader Zim. You can definitely mm-hmm. see, uh, his, at least in the writing, you can definitely see his influence in the comedy. Which was really, really over the top and zany and just all over the place, but it was, it was still kind of refreshing to see with uh, the Turtles characters. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I just really like that they just had fun with the ideas and and run with it. And um, I yeah, the animation on all of them is great. Um, I particularly like the third one. Uh,
1: yeah, Brian, uh, Brandon Almonds, uh, one of the turtles, turtles time adventures.
0: Yeah, like I, I like the I like the design of April and that and stuff. And when they went when they went to um, the pirate ship, but hang on, is that Nami from One Piece? <laughs> <laughs> go. Oh. <laughs> No, it's April. It's a- April's
1: a- ancestor, quote
0: unquote. Yeah, she she was very Nami esque, I thought. So, <laughs> I was I was on board with that for a start. Uh, and obviously, then you bring in the classic turtles. So, mm-hmm. where would you go wrong? No, Nowhere, no, it's,
1: it's all perfect. It's all just beautiful, and I would watch all of those like over and over, like an hour, over two hours worth. Just to make up for the fact so I can pretend that that other sequel doesn't exist.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It doesn't exist, people. It's all an illusion. Created by Michael Bay.
0: Yes, I do not want to see that second movie. <laughs> I did not want to see the first one. <laughs> not my choice.
1: Did you... <laughs> you were forced into seeing it.
0: Yeah, I can't remember what the, the other option... I, I, You know, I was like my friend was, there was like two things I was like should we watch this or this and he was like oh let's watch Teenage Mutant Digital I was like but the other option is, is something good <laughs> <laughs> no this has got Michael Bay in it not in it you know he wasn't directing it, the film but not, he,
1: his, his fingerprints were all over it
0: yeah that's what I meant by in it you know like in the DNA all over it kind in the,
1: of <laughs> in the DNA of the film because films yeah. have DNA
0: yeah infected <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, we're not we're not going to go Resident Evil on on this, are we?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Moving on, I guess. Um, not too much from my camp other than watching the film that we're going to be you know discussing in just a moment. But uh, I do want to say I'm kind of sad that Dan isn't here because I wanted to tell him I finally I I managed to tune in into an episode of Counterfeit Cat. And I really liked it. <laughs> it was pretty. It was really hey. funny. I only like the episode I was watching. Uh, one of the episodes because it's like two episodes with on the on the um, what was it on the on demand episode that I found was uh, had two of them. One was where the 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 um the main character they one of the cat and his uh, alien buddy are being taken to the pet store by their owner. And, you know, to buy their favorite treats. And she ends up buying dog biscuits. And so yeah. they're like, we have to make sure, you know, don't because she's an older lady. like, we have to find a way to correct her eyesight so she doesn't make mistakes like this again. And so the little aliens, like, I, 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 I know, I, I will learn their names. It's only been one episode, but I will, I will keep, I will keep watching more. So forgive me for I'm not using the names. Um, because, you know, the aliens got, like, this weird name, like, Quark or whatever. And, uh. Basically, the aliens like, oh well, I have a laser. We can do corrective eye surgery right here. And so they do it. They end up going for it. And then when the old lady wakes up in the morning, her um, laser beams start shooting out her eyes, a-, a la Cyclops style. And only, oh. only this, only in this case, uh, there is nothing that can really. Well, there's barely anything that could actually stop the lasers from like coming out so it's just like she's destroying everything in her path and she's being completely oblivious to literally all of the destruction happening around her and the cats are like we gotta fix this <laughs> and just mayhem ensues and it was really really funny so I have to say just you know bravo I'm, I'm gonna have to look up more episodes now to see what other hijinks ensues
0: did, did you get the impression that it was really well storyboarded
1: for a cartoon, for definitely for a, car- for a cartoon show, you def yes, yes.
0: yeah, de def definitely well storyboarded, um. <laughs>
1: The plot the plot of each episode, f- uh, f- you know, really went into one scene to another really well, from where I from where I was sitting. So yeah,
0: yeah, I bet the storyboarder on that was really good.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, have, I have a good feeling. <laughs> but other than other than that, the only other thing I got to see this week because very busy on my day job was uh, the very graciously offered pre-screening for The Phantom Boy. Hey. Segway! So, shall we dig into this movie?
0: Let's, yes. I can help you. Trust me. Something incredible happened to me. So listen up, because you're not going to believe this. So, Phantom Boy is a French 2015 animated feature, currently unreleased uh, in limited cinemas in the US and Canada via Kids Films. And it is brought to you by the, the uh, creators of Cat in Paris, and they are called jean luc jean Felicio and Elaine Gagnol, uh, who directed um, the feature Cat in Paris that was direct, that was nominated for best animated Oscar a few years ago. Um, and but this film is set, despite being a French film, is set in New York. So, I was hoping we'd have a New Yorker here to discuss it, but hey, it's not not how it worked out. Um, but, uh, Things happen. In the, so it is about a a young boy called Leo who is who is sick and in hospital. Uh, it doesn't act, they don't actually say specifically what's wrong with him, do they? I don't think. No, just...
1: they imply. They, there are certain imbic- implications to what might be wrong with him, in the fact that his treatments make him lose his hair, and he has to get the all of it yeah. cut off. So people can assume what what's wrong, but just for, just from that information. But they don't out, they don't just come out and say he has this. Which you know what, no. I actually appreciated about the movie that they didn't just yeah. come around and say you know because it could have been anything. You know that's that would not require something that like those kind of treatments or whatever, you know. So I'm. I'm. It was. An, it was a nice touch.
0: Okay. So, in the hospital, he is able to, basically, how would you describe it? It's, Project his it's spirit.
1: A, it's a, a form of astral projection. Yeah. Body, his body remains. you know, wherever he's, you know, rem, you know, wherever he is in the hospital, and then he can send his spirit, soul, phantom, what have you. Um, Basically, out of his body and out into the city, just you know, as a kind of a way to get away from the hospital for a little while, and just not have to constantly be seeing the same four walls.
0: Mm-hmm. And in doing so, he ends up basically uh, helping out this cop who's in who he meets in the hospital, um, who has been trying to stop this big bad guy from basically blacking out the whole of the city and or worse. Like, hold- he threatens yeah, whole... Mhm. That's his first thing, is to, to do a big blackout. and then mm-hmm. He's got worse plans. He's a big villain, and he looks kind of like a Picasso painting. He really and...
1: does. That was but the entire we... time I was watching this movie. I was like, this guy, that guy really looks like a Picasso painting gone wrong.
0: And in the English dub, he's got the voice of Kingpin from Daredevil, so that works. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, yes. Yeah, so basically... He ends up it's you know, kind of like a buddy thing sort of, but the the uh, policeman's just in hospital with the um with Leo's um body <laughs> but his astral projection is uh, flying around New York and trying to sort things out. But he can only be outside his body for a limited time.
1: Mhm. Yeah, it's a really so, interesting idea considering the, you know, an interesting partnership considering the, you know, they're they're both stuck in the hospital for, you know, the cops laid up with an injury and, you know, Leo's got his thing going on, but, you know, he Leo is basically able to give him a play-by-play of what he's seeing of, you know, important people and stuff that needs to be, you know, taken advantage of and then the the cop basically does what he can on his end, either contacting people or finding a way around the situation, you know. Through that, you know, that information, and giving passing it on to the right people, which is a really fascinating way to go about a, you know, crime, you know, crime detective story, with a little supernatural thrown in.
0: It it kind of reminds me of this old old manga I read. It uh, was called Remote. Hmm. <laughs> it was a Tokyo Pop thing where there was like this genius detective. Um, but he wouldn't leave his basement or something. He mm-hmm. was like a, a rich guy, and he um he had like this uh like young female cop, uh who he you know gave instructions to the whole time. She had a headset on. And oh, okay. They solved crimes together.
1: Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it a, was a bit. Kind of similar. A bit like that. Kind of <laughs> similar to that in a way. Yeah, and I think I remember the cop's name. I was Officer Tanner, I think, is what they they the character name was. And... and there's
0: also also his like his um his love interest is a journalist running around as well.
1: I only remember her. I forget her her last name, but I remember her first name is Mary.
0: Yeah, well, she been...
1: she was great. I loved her. She was she was a real she was a Lois Lane type reporter. A real a real go getter. Like even if even if she gets captured, she will she will give you hell.
0: Spunky. Very spunky. She's, yeah, she's got spunk, like her. And in apparently in the French version, she's voiced by Audrey Tattoo, So
1: really, yeah. Mm.
0: Emily herself. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Yeah, um, now you, you mentioned that and her char- If you really look at her character design, it's kind of a bit like Emily.
0: Mm, so that's, Yes.
1: That's really kind of awesome. I didn't notice that before. Now that I know who you know played her in the French version, it's like, oh, that that makes all the all the sense.
0: Definitely. Um, what I thought was quite interesting is the cop is, in a way, he's kind of like your average um, cop on the edge, breaking all the rules, and everything, and you know, got the angry chief. But at the same time, you know, he he doesn't really seem like that at all. Because no, he, doesn't, he doesn't. you know he's he's not he's not doing anything unreasonable. He's not but his um you know, his chief still acts like he is. He's like
1: That chief he, was starting to really get on my nerves as the movie was coming to a you know a close. I'm just like get over yourself, guy.
0: It was like really chi- annoying. He's like the you know, the the eternally exasperated chief out of one of those eighties cop movies, but you know, reacting to someone who doesn't deserve any of it. <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's that's the that's the impression I got throughout the film, and it's just like I said, it, it kind of annoyed me. But by the time that that whole you know everything came to a close, and that particular plot line came to its resolution, I just kind of sat there smugly, kind of like, yeah,
0: he's really just doing his job.
1: Yeah, this 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 guy's just doing what a cop should do. Why does he need all this extra hate?
0: He's not like blowing stuff up. He's not Intentional like. <laughs> inten- like in-
1: no. Intentional. Like, isn't there like a like subheading for that? It's like, it, this was inten- unintentional damage.
0: Hmm. So, what what did you think of the animation style?
1: It um, because I'd only like I mentioned before, I'd only seen a little bit of the Cat in Paris, but I hadn't I hadn't had much time to actually watch the whole thing through, and. This movie, as well as that movie, the animation, you know, when I first started watching it, took some getting used to. In terms of, you know, kind of just getting, you know, familiar with the style. But the more you watch, especially during the flying sequences with Leo when he's in his phantom form, were just, it really, really fit the style perfectly. Especially when you see, like, see him come out of the body in his, his astral form and then flying around from place to place. You know, keeping an eye on things and then coming back—it's just—it was—it was was really well done. You just—you feel kind of like the—the lightness to the whole—you know, like in terms of weight, like there's—it's very the film's very kind of like is very light because you know it's it's with you know all the all the different flying sequences and you feel that in the animation when he's flying around It's it's, just—it's that's like light as a feather, as you would say.
0: Yeah, animation-wise. It and Cat and Paris are, you know, very, very similar. Um, but I think it works slightly better here, I think. Um, it's, it's interesting, sort of sketchy sort of style, I think. It so, is! Re- I really like it's that style. A, I mean, I'm sure it's probably done digitally, but it's <laughs> got a real hand-drawn look. Um, and it's, you know, it's a long way from your average you know like a really really clean like western or not western you know really clean sort of american 2d animation mm-hmm. style it's more scrappy and and uh, the animation stuff like
1: itself that. has got character which i i love it when a film chooses to do that it doesn't try to be like every other animated film in terms of just animation style or design it actually just tries to do its own thing and be and make itself unique not just with its own story but with its look its general look and this film definitely succeeds that in flying colors
0: and i like the fact they set in new york as well um, yeah. i think it's a good good setting for the story because uh, obviously the first film was set in paris you might tell from the title and <laughs> you know they're french and everything but i think if you're going to choose the city to fly around in, I think New York's a good, good choice as Eddie.
1: Well, yes, yeah, lots of really interesting things to see, lots of visual, you know, landmarks that could be used as good, you know, backgrounds with the whole film, and just you know, it's, it's it was a, it was a smart call in terms of city choice of having of having the that city be the setting.
0: And it it sort of I I feel like it has a kind of sort of. It's hard to put a, a um, specific time on it too much. I know they they've got phones, <laughs> and that's about the only, only thing that sort of seems a bit modern. Otherwise, they
1: didn't seem like really new phones, though. They seemed like no. kind of like the the standard the standard cell phone.
0: Hmm. I suppose of years there are computers there are computers as well, but otherwise, it doesn't really seem like it. It has to be in. The modern day at all, I which don't think. Which is
1: great because it means that this film can be seen at any time between now and whenever, and it's mm-hmm. not going to be. A, it it doesn't have to be associated with what was in in that particular time period. What was popular? What was being sold and bought around that time? It just it just is, which is great. Yeah, it's it's got, that's going to give it a timeless quality to it.
0: Yes, timeless, definitely. Um, I did I did notice that about the phones. I was like these. These are like big chunky phones. Has everyone got Nokias? <laughs> 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 the a Nokia 310 three ten. It'll be indestructible. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely, it's it has got a timeless sort of quality.
1: And what would you say? Because there was a there was a good deal of humor in this uh, in this movie as well. Because I mean, there's the the overall plot is trying to you know figure out this dastardly plot of this villain. This Picasso style villain, mm-hmm. and uh, you know using Leo's abilities to help solve the puzzle around it. But there was also in terms of like as you go back and forth between the scenes between our heroes and our villain, and I have to say whenever we would go back to our villain, like I know the like the idea was to make this guy intimidating, and to an, to an extent he is, but there's also a good deal of uh, humor. That is, you know, surrounding that character. And, uh, the... I don't know. They use that character for a lot more humor than I would have expected before his introduction.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't... He, It does... I guess doesn't make him too fearsome, really. No. Even Even what he's trying to do. He's, like, he's kind of a bit of a silly character.
1: He's a, um, he's a
0: little, little silly. And he do have the, uh... But there's a, there's a lot of the comedy comes out like the relationship with his henchman basically
1: the typical typical animated movie henchman just like what do we do now boss with the with the accent and then and of course
0: the dog the, yes i was just
1: about <laughs> to bring that up the dog that is the angriest little ball of fur i have ever seen in an animal for an animated I wouldn't say you even call it a film mascot because that's not what this is or like a a mascot character. No, it's it's just this really angry, vicious little dog that the the um I think he actually belongs to one of the henchmen. Just, you know, he just that's he's just treated like one of the one of the henchmen characters, you know. They 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 take the dog for walks, but they also expect him to be able to, you know, he understands human speech and everything. It's like, yo, go go look that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I like the sort of contrast with that character, you know, where if it's like, if it was an American production, it'd be like, let's make this dog to sell toys. And he's like, no one's going to want to buy a toy with that dog.
1: <laughs> no, it's, I wouldn't say it's a, a, you know, a fugly dog, but it's, it's just, it's just like a tiny little ball of condensed anger. And I think you'd have a hard time marketing that. <laughs>
0: But but that dog has his moment definitely. Oh, what? Several, the... In my mind. Yeah, but he has he has a kind of big moment, mm-hmm. <laughs> key to the plot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I won't. We won't spoil, spoil that. We won't spoil
1: no. that here. Go see the movie; it's worth it.
0: Uh, yeah, and also there's the um, like the, uh, I can't remember what he's called. The like the informant guy as well. Uh, uh mole. Oh, of oh, course he is. Yes, voiced by Master Shake from Aquatine Hunger Force, the English version.
1: That I, 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 I did not know. Wow, I did yeah. not
0: pick up on that. Yeah, I recognised the voice straight away. I go, hey, that's I think Dina, Sh- don da- Schneider. I think his name is. <laughs> yeah, he was like oh, I know that voice straight away. <laughs> um, what what did you think of like the? Uh, like the chase sequences because there's quite a few of them chase chase and flight sequences I'd say yeah
1: it was it was intense I wouldn't say it's like really super intense but it did have me on the edge of my seat because it was it was interesting because you have you know the character in question say it was you know Mary following you know unintentionally following Leo as he's directing um uh Tanner through you know his kind of indirect you know like perception of what's going on then tanner's talking to mary on the phone on a cell phone and it's basically leo says go left and then basically tanner relays leo's instruction it was very i don't think i've ever seen a chase handled in that way before and it was really refreshing to watch
0: um we our um review of the uh Film on the site, which was written by Joe, who got to w- watch it um, quite a way back, actually, um, in in uh, the Chicago. Um, oh no, yeah, he got to see it at the uh, uh, the Gene Siskel European Union Film Festival in mm-hmm. Chicago uh, back earlier in the year, um, and he's uh, said about the basically the influences being more sort of pulp fictiony. early earlier pulp fiction rather than like because you might say from the title whatever you might think sort of superhero type thing yeah but but he says it's less like uh modern superhero things and more like earlier pulp stuff and i I think i think that's a good point yeah Um, because
1: i mean a lot of the the movies like the superhero movies that are based off like comic book heroes and stuff that we've seen the past couple years like We've seen enough of them now that we, you know, we kind of start to see a trend in terms of, you know, the pacing and the tone and everything like that. But this this film is definitely, well, it's got some shades of that to an extent. It's very much its own, got its own thing going on. Which, so, I think people will, you know, who see the title and assume it's going to be a kind of like a superhero spin-off thing. You know, don't, don't pass on this movie for that. It is, it is... It definitely deserves to be seen and appreciated for its own take on its own story, in terms of tone and pacing and everything in between.
0: But the way the city is depicted is more like sort of like out of a almost like a sort of like a pulp detective uh, novel or something, like sort of noiry type mm-hmm. thing. I think. Which is perfect, and...
1: which is perfect because guess what. Uh, is Leo's favorite uh, book series to read because he, he that's one of the reasons he gets involved with this whole issue in the first place. Is then he learns that there's a cop in the hospital. And he's like, "Oh, I've always wanted to be a cop. I've read those detective books. <laughs> Let's do it. I want to help." And the cop's just like, uh, "Are you sure about this?"
0: <laughs> yeah, that...
1: Leo is adorable. <laughs>
0: And yeah, and that's the other thing is, obviously, you've got the whole whole angle of him him being sick, so that's got a whole sort of unexpected emotional level that you wouldn't necessarily get in a lot of animated films for a more mainstream audience. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know things people like Pixar are pushing things like that more, but I, I think even even Pixar would um having like a a kid possibly having cancer as their main character i think
1: yeah they would be they would be very 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 cautious for even uh you know thinking about a topic like that because so many things could go wrong if you decide to make that your protagonist because people will if you don't depict it just so people can and will raise a fuss like you're not depicting depicting it accurately. It's a disgrace to all, like you know, et cetera, et cetera. Internet rant.
0: But as we said, they don't actually spell it out. No. But so that's that's how they're able
1: to avoid that. I think.
0: But I think they also handle it really well. I think they do it really tastefully and. Well, they don't really uh, focus
1: too much on the on the fact that Leo is sick. Mm. It's just more that he's he's in the hospital for that reason and because of that, it gave him you know. it Circumstances being what they were, gave him the ability to do this incredible thing. And when the situ- right situation presents itself, he makes the, you know, his own choice on using that ability for the greater good and and, and use it in a selfless way, which is really, really inspiring. Because no uh, one, no re- one asks him to do it; he just does it, even though he's not feeling well.
0: Just flashed in my mind the the sequence where where one point where he's he's in phantom form and, and he sees his parents, like...
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Like, where they're, you know, they they keep up all their strength in front of him and then they outside or whatever and their emotion's coming out and he sees it because he's in phantom, phantom form and they're like, oh, that's, you know, a really good example with the emotional mm-hmm. side of the film.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, oh, gosh, there was... Uh, those scenes, those were the scenes that really tugged on the heartstrings. As when you, you know, he's he is able to see things through this, you know, these new eyes that you know he wouldn't be able to see otherwise. Like the the, the struggle that his parents are going through with the uncertainty of the whole thing. That's those are the real, those are the real. Uh, those that's where the feels comes out. <sighs>
0: And I, I, when it came towards the end, I did think, no, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, were they? They, they're not doing that, are they? They're like, no, don't do that, don't do that.
1: <laughs> they, they, they really, they, they make you, they make you wonder. It's like, oh no, they gotta go for it, they are going to go for it. Uh, maybe. It was, it's. I, I had to, I had to choke back a few tears. I think, during that whole, that whole climax, I'm just like, oh <laughs> god, they're gonna, are they? But yep. no, we're not going to say <laughs> no, you could probably infer from what we're talking about, but we'll just leave that to your imaginations. Yeah. And the only way, the only thing to satisfy that imagination would be to go watch the movie where you can,
0: which you should do yes. because it's great. Um, yeah. Uh, and I like the, the way they show the effect of his, um, when he's been in, you know, Basically, when he's got the time limit Mm -hmm. on his form, which is, you know, that's a bit like something out of Ultraman or Evangelion or something. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is the only thing, only way that's connected to anything like this. This is (laughs) very different. (laughs) Um, But he has to, if he's out of his body too long, then he has to go back in. But I really like the visual effect they use to show that, like with basically the glowing.
1: Yeah, the glowing and becoming translucent kind of thing over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was an interesting effect. And I also in terms of his general abilities, I'm glad they just kept it to just him being able to see and hear things. Mm-hmm. Not actually interacting with the world around him because that would have been that would have I I guess the word is like muddle muddled things up a little bit too much like that would have given him the potential to do a lot, you know. A lot more in these different scenarios. But you really didn't need him to. From what the story. You just had to. You know. Just having him relay information. of sights and sounds. And stuff that he. You know. Sees. To someone else. And then. Doing things as a result of that. Was made for a much. I wouldn't say a simpler film. But it just. It helped things. The events flow from one. One event to the next. Really well. And Cap- no, it
0: definitely,
1: go ahead.
0: Definitely makes it unique in the fact that it's basically all happening. Oh, they're they're doing everything from a, a hospital room.
1: <laughs> it really is.
0: And you know, there's there's one one person who can see stuff, but only, and then they're having to relay everything to the contact there. It mm-hmm. you know, which is generally the, uh, generally. Mary Yeah, is Gen-
1: no. Mary. is Mary, generally the one that they speak to but they they speak to a couple of other people I think or like, that's. I think it was Mary and, uh, and then Mole also
0: but at the same time he doesn't want to actually tell her where he's getting the information from because he doesn't want to sound like a crazy
1: <laughs> yeah because he already has other people jumping down his throat for thinking he's crazy so it's just like I'd rather keep it simple <laughs> and just get stuff done I liked I liked Tanner. He was he was a good uh, he was a good uh, secondary main character, along with Leo.
0: Did, at first, I thought maybe he was gonna because when you he uh, basically the way that they their relationship starts is because uh, at at the start Leo is basically just flying around in Phantom Boy form generally in the hospital, and he meets the Phantom forms of other people in the hospital. And he helps them back into their body. And that's how he meets Tanner. Um, but uh, he... Basically, um, Tanner actually remembers.
1: He vaguely, but yeah. When he, vaguely, he, he, yeah. He does kind of remember their encounter. and He
0: basically has deja vu. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know you. I know you, don't I?
1: And then Leo just gets really excited. It's like, oh, you actually remember. That's great. Yeah. <sighs> No one else I talked to actually remembers. That was that was that's an interesting idea. That this is a ongoing phenomenon with this hospital. That it just seems that other people who get injured and brought there spend a short amount of time outside of their bodies, and looks like it, it seems only Leo is the uh, one who is actually practiced enough to actually be able to kind of master it a little.
0: And of course, there's never any explanation for any of this, which is. You don't really Better. need it to be no. honest.
1: It's I mean it makes it, it it makes it interesting to think about, but it just really the the film had enough, you know, every a whole bunch of other stuff it needed to get done that was more important than trying to explain this phenomenon.
0: Mm, I definitely like the fact they don't explain it. Mm-hmm. Um but I I at first thought that maybe the um you know that they would go around in phantom form together Mm -hmm. i thought that you know i didn't realize at first that that was the only time you'd see other people in phantom form Mm -hmm. and then then it'd just be leo talking to um him conscious (laughs) you know i thought maybe
1: yeah i I see where i see we're getting that though again i think it might be another case of you know in terms of trying not to have too much else going on in the film in terms of, like, you know, if you had both of them trying to fly around and as phantoms together, it would have, it might have gotten a little bit too chaotic.
0: It would definitely have complicated it unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I'm glad that they they went that way, but I just, I thought it was going to go a different way at first,
1: mm-hmm. so. Well, that's that's another mark of a really great film. It does keep you guessing. Mm-hmm. And that's really one of the things I really enjoyed a lot about this film. It kept me guessing, and all the moments it did go for in terms of characters, and you know, even though I might have found some of the silliness in the villain and his henchmen just a little bit more on the uh, cartoony side, just a little bit, it was it still kind of fit and then it worked. The film made it work, and I think that's one of the things I enjoy about this movie the most: is that everything just everything it does just seems to just really work together. Like really well.
0: Yeah, and no, you know the fact that they they have the more pulpy elements and silly elements and also the emotional elements and they all all gel. That's something that's definitely impressive.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I probably. And need really to... nice. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: Really nice credits as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, the credit the, the credit sequence was really pretty.
0: Yeah, very stylish.
1: But Were you going to say sorry? No, it's okay. I just... Uh, now I lost my train of thought. Darn it. Uh, <sighs> it's It's been a... Sorry. Nah, it's fine. It's been a long day. I'm, think, sometimes thoughts, they come and go.
0: They do. <laughs> sometimes they come back. Sometimes they don't.
1: Yeah, if, if, if it comes back, I'll let you know. But it's... It, this film was, you know, after a long day of work and being able to come home and sit and watch this movie and get to en- get the chance to enjoy it, it was, it was a breath of fresh air for me, and I am really, really, extremely happy that I saw it.
0: I I just think it's brilliant that G kids are bringing out stuff like this because I I feel like, well, I, you know, a it's brilliant that. You know, like French studios are making stuff like this, mm-hmm. but also it's brilliant that it's making it outside France. Yes,
1: hundred <laughs> percent. Yes, because just because no, 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 no offense to anyone. You know, in, at Disney or any of the big the film studios, they all put out great stuff and great work, and they deserve all the praise they get. It's just, at least in um, in the US, I know it's really it's it's, it's depressing to me to know. That there are these phenomenally made, you know, animated features, you know, that, you know, come out in other, you know, other countries, you know, across, you know, France, Ireland, and, you know, all over the world. Some of them we get, some of them we don't. And it's, you know, I'm, the fact that we are starting to get more of these films thanks to G-Kids is, I am over the moon that way I can actually find out about these movies and then actually get to see them or the opportunity in which to see them.
0: Well, we've got this and um April and the Short of the New World in the same year.
1: Yep. And then there was also that... Boy Boy in the World from Brazil. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. We got we finally got um Isao Takahata's only yesterday after who knows how many years.
0: Indeed. It's
1: just—it's been—it's just been one, like I said, so many hits out of the park.
0: Mm-hmm. It's,
1: it's just been—it's been phenomenal.
0: I hope so. The, the, the song of the see one worked so. <laughs> oh. uh, um, yeah. So, thank you, G Kids. Thank you <laughs> for releasing this, and please release lots more stuff and like this. That goes
1: out to all of you who andiamo yeah, because well, we re- we released I know we released um the list of theater locations where Phantom Boy was going to be uh airing. So, if you are in a location of one of those uh showings, please 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 go support this film.
0: Yes, I agree. <laughs> it's worth supporting and when films do- films like this do well, then there'll be more films like this, especially with um G kids moving into co-production now as well mm-hmm. with um, the Breadwinner and stuff. So interesting time to be an animation fan.
1: Oh yes, it is very, very, very good time to be an animation fan. Considering yeah, we have... we're slowly getting more and more access to films. Like I said, that we may have not been widely received before, but now that they finally are, it's just a plethora of amazing stuff to see.
0: Now, I wonder uh, what films G-Kids are going to push for next year's Academy Awards. That will be interesting. I
1: I would be, considering uh, The Cat in Paris got a Mm -hmm. nomination, I would like to think this might be moving toward that's another nomination as well. Even if it doesn't win, if I see it on the nomination board, then that's a victory. As we've said many times before, even just getting nominated is a victory when it comes to the Oscars.
0: There's April and the extraordinary world, and that, and then there's going to be Miss Hokusai as well they're from gonna, them. They're going to have so... to
1: expand. They're going to have to expand the animation category in general, just to, to you know, accommodate all the potentially, nom- you know, films that they could nominate.
0: Well, at least the Annie Awards now have a Best Independent Feature, so mm-hmm. so they should at least at least be in with a chance of winning
1: mm-hmm.
0: one of them. Um, and I would have thought this would be a contender, as would April and Extraordinary World and some other exciting things.
1: <laughs> Lots of exciting things coming out this year. And then we've got Kubo and the Two Strings coming out in a matter of weeks.
0: Oh, that's very soon in America, yeah, isn't it? it yeah. yeah,
1: it is. i um, I'm not sure if I'll be able to see it on the the day it comes out, but I've already made plans since my birthday will be falling hot off the... Uh, uh, the release is heels, so I am probably gonna coerce my good friends to take me to see that movie as my birthday present.
0: Wow, awesome present. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm like, you guys, I, I know we're all strapped for cash, so you don't have to buy me anything really ridiculously expensive, just buy, you know, make sure you buy my movie ticket to go see Kubo, and if you want to come with me, sure, you know, it'd be great to see it in a group.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: That's all I want.
0: Yeah, it's not out here till September. Bah. No fair. (laughs) Um,
1: It's my birthday coming early.
0: Yeah. Um, Have you got any other thoughts on Phantom Boy?
1: I think we more or less cover, you know, we've talked about some stuff about the film, you know, spoiler. I wouldn't say completely spoiler related because this, I don't know, this seems like a hard movie to spoil. To be honest with you,
0: I, I don't think we've given too many details. I think we've been pretty good, spoiler-free. So, and
1: I think that's I think that's how it should stay because, really, you know, this is a movie that deserves being seen. So, go mm. see it. <laughs> go see yes, it. To find th- out the spoilers.
0: <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I think it's not really a, a kind of film that we will spoil nope. by saying too much. Um, we just say, go and see it, and mm-hmm. I expect you will hear the opinions of our co-hosts on this film in a future episode, so...
1: Indeed. The ones who are suddenly unable to join us this week. Yeah. We miss you guys.
0: We do. Hey, hey, before we go... Yes. Do you want to play a little game? Yes! Play... Yeah, play a little game. Sure. <laughs> a little bit of fun. Um... <laughs> You may have noticed there's a bit of a trend of, well, it's always been true, to be honest, that animes had weird titles, but there seems to be a trend of really long titles recently. Um, A lot of them actually come out from light novels, I think, but they have Mm -hmm. incredibly long, complicated titles. Um, I've got a little list here, and uh, some of them are real anime or manga titles, and some of them complete bollocks that i've made up oh uh, boy <laughs> and i thought it'd be fun if you'd like to see if <laughs> i mean some of them you might have heard of and that will ruin it a bit but uh...
1: well uh, that's you, you don't know that i've actually been i haven't mm. i haven't been able to watch that much anime recently other than a couple of titles so maybe maybe you'll catch me
0: okay well we'll see how you do
1: oh goodness
0: <laughs> it should be fun
1: the, te- the tension is real
0: okay right first one is is the order a rabbit real? Or no, bollocks? I think
1: that's. I think that's no. I think that's fake. It's real. No!
0: There's oh, two I question marks. There's two question marks at the end of it as well. Is the order <laughs> a rabbit? Yeah. Yeah. What? Okay. Right. Next one. Have you seen my ocelot? His name is Colin.
1: <laughs> I want to say. Oh my god! Oh. Fake.
0: Yeah, it's fake. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs>
1: it's like I, I after that last one, I was like, you're tempted to think that it's real, but like, no, no, I don't, I don't think so.
0: It's probably not It could be an anime about someone called Colin. Probably, <laughs> uh, but you never, never know. There's one about Keith. So. Okay. <laughs> Is this a zombie of the dead?
1: Ah, uh, yes, real. Real, yeah. Okay, yeah. (laughs) You're doing well. (laughs) No, I'm not. I got the first one wrong.
0: You only got one wrong. (laughs) Pretty good. Oh no! Exclamation mark! My girlfriend is a robot and also a vampire.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. If if it was just the robot, I would have said yes. Real. Um. Gonna say. No, not real?
0: Yeah, that's, I made that one up. Okay,
1: all right.
0: This <laughs> is yeah. really... fun. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. Is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon? Question mark.
1: Oh, that is a real one. I know that is a real one.
0: Yeah, that is a real one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking at that talent going, what? <laughs> what yeah,
0: is this? Um... Okay. Behold, exclamation mark, there is a ninja in my soup.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think that's real.
0: No, it's right.
1: It is, it is real.
0: <laughs> no, that's no, you're right.
1: Okay, all right.
0: <laughs> okay, Um. if I don't successfully pick up 420 girls, I'm going to die in a lot of different ways.
1: Ah, that just, wow.
0: That's a long one.
1: That's a really long one. That's, that's that almost seem that's several sentences long. Um, I am going to take a shot in the dark and say it is real. It is. Oh <laughs> my god!
0: Apparently, it's made by Trigger. Uh, it's, it's one uh, only one episode apparently, but still.
1: And I, suddenly, I understand everything.
0: <laughs> mm. Final one. Final one.
1: All right. All right. Hit me.
0: <clears throat> I couldn't become a hero, so I reluctantly decided to get a job.
1: Hmm, another long one. Hmm, fake one. It's real. Oh my god! Okay, that book—that hey, book hey. the whole game.
0: Yeah, you only got two wrong. That—that that is good. Okay. Well done.
1: Apparently, I... I know my ridiculous anime titles.
0: You won, I'd say, for that one. What do I win? Uh.
1: Bragging rights. Um.
0: Uh cyber hug
1: (laughs) hey I'll take a cyber hug Uh,
0: okay right so that was a fun episode a little bit of fun at the end there we
1: need to make up some more we can uh we can uh see how how well Dan and Yvonne do (laughs) more games yeah afa podcast becoming a game show
0: hey next episode is gonna be episode 50
1: yeah woof
0: the the big 50. Uh I think we will not be recording at the same time as normal because Rachel's going to be at Oticon and we want to want to make sure we get a good episode for episode 50 so it might be a bit later than normal but stay tuned.
1: Yep, I'll I'll make sure to get back with as many details from the last Oticon convention in Baltimore as I, much much details about that as I can so stay tuned for that.
0: So thank you for everyone for joining us for another episode of the AFA podcast. And you can find all our previous episodes on com, on Stitcher, on iTunes, on podcast.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at AFA blog. Find us on Tumblr, Pinterest, Google Plus and Facebook. And you can, don't forget, to enter our competition if you want to win some Ghibli DVDs from G-Kids. And also, if you would like to help us make more episodes and get extended episodes, bonus episodes, and other awesome cool stuff, then you can consider supporting us on Patreon. And you can follow me personally, at MrCrystal, on Twitter and Facebook. And you can read my latest review of Sword Art Online uh, uh, Series 2 in uh latest issue of my magazine and you can also read an article I wrote about strange anime sci fi adaptations on the All the Anime blog. <laughs> and Lots of plugs. That's it. That's a lot of plugs this week. <laughs> Rachel, where can we find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at fail to Ninja.
0: Awesome. And to autocard,
1: and also an con I will. I promise. I will. I will be on cosplay, but I will try to maybe put a defining feature out of uh, the website, so you can tell it's me. Maybe I'll put up one of our brand new handy dandy uh, business cards, and just like pin that to my pin that to my costume, and be like, hey, you know, if you're there, this is you know, you can tell me apart from the other potential Steven Universe cosplayers that could be at Otakon this year. I don't know. I did not see, when I was looking at the schedule, I did not see an exclusively Steven Universe uh, cosplay photo shoot. So I'm not sure if that's going to be a big thing this year. But who who knows? It's Otakon. Anything can happen.
0: Awesome. So we will see you soon. And we are off to go and watch If I Don't Successfully Pick Up 420 Girls, I'm Going to Die in a Lot of Different Ways. So... <laughs> So see you soon. Good night everybody.